Welcome to Paradigm Shift, the podcast about the intersection of business and law. By changing yourself, you can change your business. Now, here's your host, Christina Martini. Welcome to Paradigm Shift. My name is Christina Martini, and I am your host as we explore the intersection of business and law. Today, we will begin taking a look at decision-making, which is the backbone of what all lawyers and professionals do on a daily basis. It may sound like an easy thing, but it is often not as easy as it sounds. We as lawyers are called upon every day to help our clients make decisions, both easy as well as difficult, and these decisions straddle both the legal and business contexts. How do we go about making decisions? make sure that they are the right ones, and effectively counsel our clients and business partners to make the right decisions. As a practicing attorney for nearly 25 years, I have had the privilege of working with a wide variety of clients, both big and small, and helping them make decisions that impact their businesses. Sometimes I am called upon strictly for my legal skills. Other times, I am asked to provide my best legal judgment and gut reaction to certain situations that may be outside of my direct area of expertise. It is truly a gift to be able to be the trusted advisor to clients in this way. To join me in this conversation, it is an honor to be welcoming David Sussler back to our show. David had joined us as our first guest at the beginning of this podcast series, to discuss emotional intelligence in the context of client service. David is an attorney whose current role is as Associate General Counsel at National Material LP. In his role, David works both with internal clients within his organization, as well as with outside counsel and vendors who are service providers to him and his company. During his 31-year career, David has worked both as outside counsel in a law firm as well as in-house for various companies, and he has an interesting and valuable perspective on what it means to be an effective legal partner and trusted advisor. For the past eight and a half years, David and I have joined forces and frequently written and spoken on the topic of decision-making for lawyers, and we are co-columnists of the Chicago Lawyer column, Inside Out which compares and contrasts private practice and in-house counsel perspectives on current issues and trends impacting both the legal and business landscapes. In addition to being my partner in crime on the writing front, David also happens to be my husband. In both this and the next episode, David and I will be looking at decision-making. Today, David and I will focus on breaking down a decision, how we make them, what some of the most difficult decisions we have made have been, how we get to the right answer, and what that means in the context of clients. Hi, David. Thanks so much for joining us. It is a pleasure to have you with us today. Thanks for having me back. So let's start our discussion talking about breaking down a decision. Whether big or small, it's important to remember to both look at the big picture as well as to remember the details along the way. So, David, how do you make decisions, and what's the process that you follow? You know, it's always an interesting question, because as lawyers, we make decisions constantly, right? It's kind of big and small, day in and day out. So, I think, in essence, when I look at this, the first thing, lawyers reason by analogy. We compare and contrast, how is this situation 
similar to or different from prior situations we've dealt with. Some decisions we make may be pretty simple, quick, easy to make. Others require more in-depth analysis. So how do I make a decision? I mean, the answer depends, right? The, 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 standard, <laughs> like lawyer, right? the standard lawyer's answer, it depends. So I'm going to look at things like what are the facts? What's the issue we're dealing with? I'll take a look at my own experience and my judgment relating to this. These things may come up quickly. They may come up. They may take a while to access that. I will access my basic legal and business knowledge. And then I have to ask the right business people the right questions about, well, what does this issue mean? What is this issue in terms of our business? I may need to go to other lawyers there may be several different business people involved that I need to make sure I talk to. And then I have to synthesize all the different information I've received, the business information combined with the legal, the relevant legal principles and put that all together and make a decision. Now, I don't use any formal decision tree analysis or analytical tool. I know sometimes my engineer brothers-in-law and maybe my engineer wife kind of look at me funny when I say I don't use a formal decision tree analytical tool, but I know in the, in the workings of my brain, it's all, there is some sort of a decision tree because I'm putting all of this together to come up with what I think is the right advice. Well, and I think that probably to a certain extent, you are following something like a decision tree analysis, but you're not necessarily sitting there on the cusp of starting the process of thinking through something and saying, now I'm going to turn to a decision tree analysis, right? I mean, I think it's because when you've been practicing as long as you and I have been, it's one of those things where you see so many different circumstances and situations over the years that it's almost like you have this the sense of your decision-making is almost like a gut reaction to something, and it's actually a product of all of the different scenarios and experiences you've had professionally over the years. So right, right. I, I think it's the more complicated ones, and I'll get into that in, in, in a little bit about how I believe in decision tree analysis, but I tend to employ that for more complicated things, and it's the things that are a little bit simpler, that are a little bit more run-of-the-mill, that you're able to get a a pretty immediate gut reaction to it. Right. So, I mean, for me, you know, as outside counsel, which is really the hat that I tend to wear for clients, what I really try to do is make sure that whether it's a a big decision or a small decision that I'm putting thought into all of them with the understanding that we have limited time and resources in any given day to get things done, to make decisions. And there are a ton of decisions that we make every day If it's a bigger decision, what I try to do is get myself in the mindset where I'm focusing on the steps that it will take for me to be able to effectively make a decision. And that usually involves fact gathering, understanding both the legal and business context, as you mentioned, of a decision and then assessing the different issues and angles that there are to the situation. When I'm helping clients make decisions or at least trying to help them frame issues to get ready to make the decisions along with my help, it's important to make sure that you connect with those people, particularly those at the client who have a vested interest in the outcome of whatever the decision is that's ultimately made 
and trying to figure out, are there any people who may have crossed that same bridge before in terms of making the same or a similar type of decision? Do they have any input? And sometimes it's not just getting a sense of that at a client. It's also working with the client team that services a particular client at the firm that you may be at, seeing if anybody on your service team, client service team, has actually encountered that issue before. Yeah, it's really pretty much the same as an in-house attorney, I think, is, is what you just described that you do. What's interesting also in making the right decision or you say helping your client make the right decision is I found over the years that lawyers are more comfortable with making decisions than business people. Um, The business people are capable of it and and they just maybe are a little bit less hesitant to making the decisions, especially the tougher decisions. And for me, especially in my role as an in-house attorney, the ultimate decision is typically not mine to make. So as, as you said, I have to drive my client, my business client to making that decision. And sometimes it's just, okay, I make the decision, but they need to make it. So I have to learn how to talk to them so that it works through their brain and it comes out of their mouth then as their decision and not my decision, but I've guided them there. Or maybe I've just given them the confidence to make the decision that they know is the right decision too, but they didn't want to make it or were hesitant initially to make it. You know, that's really an interesting point. I mean, I would say that in my experience, I've dealt with a number of different types of clients where the ultimate decision makers, as you said, are often not necessarily the lawyers in the law department. I think they are often part of the decision to the extent that there is a legal department that's even in the fold, because there have been instances where I have represented clients where they may have a legal department, but the legal department is not necessarily directly involved in the project that I'm working on, or there may not really be a formal legal department. If it's a company, for example, that is an early stage company where they may be getting legal assistance, but by and large, it's from outside counsel and it's not through a formal legal department. It's just very interesting. I've seen many different types of clients. I've seen the ones that are hesitant to make any type of decision, whether it's a legal decision or a business decision. I've seen others where um, they're very reactionary and where they do want to make a decision. And oftentimes it's hard to have them be willing to have the legal aspects of the issue or the problem at hand be part of what their decision making is. And I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind is needing to make sure that you accurately assess the kinds of decision makers and people that are that you are working with in order to get across the finish line with whatever the decision is. So just switching gears a little bit, David, as lawyers and as business professionals, there's always a lot of discussion about the importance of getting to the quote, right answer. Wearing your client hat, when you are striving to get to that right answer, what does that mean to you? So again, I have to give the lawyer's answer and say, well, it depends. It depends on the context. It depends on the issue. But ultimately, getting to the right answer for me as a client, as an in-house attorney, it ultimately means what best serves my company's interest. How do we keep our business moving forward? while minimizing the potential risk that is posed by any given business decision. 
that's really it in a nutshell. How do we keep our business moving forward and not be exposed to undue risk? Well, and that's critically important. And, you know, the risk assessment is something that we'll get into a little bit more a little bit later. Uh, I completely agree with you. Even as, even though you and I have different roles, you're an in-house attorney and I'm outside counsel, I completely agree with you that getting to the right answer really depends on the client. It depends on the issue that we're contemplating, how important that issue is to the client and who the ultimate decision makers are and what their motivations are. Uh, and sometimes it can be relatively easy to get answers to these questions. I think for the clients that um, that I know well, um, it, it's a bit easier. But for those where they may be a little bit more um, decentralized in terms of decision making and, and so forth, or the clients that I'm relatively new and working with, sometimes getting answers to those questions isn't as easy as you would think it would be. You know, that's actually a really good point. Um, the better you know somebody, the easier it is to get to the right answer. And I think in, in both of our worlds, it, as you intimated, it's a collective, it's a group effort, it's a collective yes. effort, right? So, um, you know, for me, I may, I've been with my company for 11 and a half years now. So I got to know, I've gotten to know all of the leaders across of all, all the business units. But from time to time, people leave. Right. Managers leave. Um, about three, four years ago, our president retired. We brought in a new president. And eventually, we've got kind of a whole new C-suite. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the operating companies have brand new management who have been there maybe two months to two years. So part of my job is to train them and educate them about my role, um, the role of legal within our company, the role of legal within our ultimate decision-making. Uh, it kind of goes to, this, this may be a future discussion, but I make sure my clients know me, like me, and trust me so they will work with me to make the decisions. And one of the things I help educate them on is, look, if you have a question, ask me. I'll help you get to the right answer. Right. But you also, business person I know or salesperson, look, you want to you wanna close that deal. You want to close it as fast as possible. But you have to be aware there are legal aspects of the decisions that you're making. So before you close that deal, you have to run it by me. Right. And then we will talk about it. We will have a conversation. Well, that's a great point. You know, the educating, I think the education goes both ways, right? You're educating the business people that are really your internal clients, and they're educating you as well. And right. it's layers to the education. There's the what are the formalities of our relationship? What is the give and take? But it's also learning people's styles, which I think is, you know, goes to the conversation we had at the beginning of this podcast series, which is the whole emotional intelligence aspects of working with people and understanding the importance of collaboration because it's that collaboration that helps ensure that there's alignment when you are doing important things like making decisions for the company. Exactly. That's key. 
And, you know, I would say that in addition to some of the things that we've talked about, um, and I think that the following points may be ones that you would agree with me, and I think it, it doesn't really matter whether you're in-house counsel or whether you're outside counsel, the, when you're trying to get to the right answer, just understanding that the right answer is sort of at, at a moment in time when you are called upon to make a decision and that the right answer for one client that is under a particular set of circumstances could be the completely wrong decision for another company that may be under the same or similar circumstances. And that's because each company is different and what they need to accomplish and what they want to accomplish can be very different. And the, and the right answer today for a particular organization may ultimately be the wrong one for them in the future. Um, again, because what you're looking at is a moment in time when you're making a decision based on what you know. And um, it often depends on where the client is in its life cycle, especially when you're looking at the more significant decisions that a company can make. Um, those oftentimes depend on where the company is. Is it early stage? Are they looking for investors? Um, you know, are they publicly traded? What kind of direction are they looking to be going in, in terms of investment opportunities, for example, business direction and so forth? And what are the political and business dynamics within the organization that drive the decisions and also have to deal with the consequences of those decisions? Right. And you also have to be aware of what's going on in the world. You know, what's a, what's a good deal? What's a good sale today? Um, may change when, for example, two months down the road, tariffs are assessed, which is which has been a very real issue in my company. Uh, so those I can't really add to that list. We can go on and on, but those uh, those are all the things you need to consider and talk about. Um, and ultimately, we, we've said it before, and we'll we'll probably say it a lot today. A lot of the way to get to the right decision is simply having a conversation. And but understanding what are the right questions to ask in that conversation. So how do we effectively that that's a great segue. So how do we effectively work with clients to get to the right answer? I mean, we've talked about some of those considerations already, but sort of looking at it from a process perspective, um, how do we effectively work with clients to get to the right answer? Well, for me, it starts with with asking questions. Okay, so so what is what is the issue involved? Are we trying to sell them steel? Are we buying capital equipment? And you can and you start basic, and then you start to draw them out. Well, how important is this to our overall strategic goal? You know, is this is is this customer a strategic target? Is this a one off? Then you also have to understand who are the stakeholders in the decision. Is this just a simple decision that this one person can make, or is this something that affects the enterprise as a whole? Like if you're talking about capital equipment, okay, do you need to just replace a belt that runs a machine and the machine's going to be down for two hours when you do this, or are we going to have to shut down an entire production line for a month, and then I know I have to go up the chain to include not just the divisional manager, for example, I may need to go up to 
our entire C-suite and maybe mm-hmm. up to the CEO slash owner of the company, make sure we have all the right stakeholders involved. But again, it's a discussion to ask those questions to get them involved. Um, you have to you have to determine what are what are the overall goals of this particular action of this piece of business of this capital venture uh, of hiring this employee and and then at the same time i have to keep in mind well what's the law say about this right um are there any laws that directly apply in my world it's rare that the law gives you a black and white yes or no answer but it informs how you interpret what you're doing because there's always going to be a contract involved um and so I have to mesh those business goals and facts with the realities of what the law is. So it's a discussion and a debate with my business colleagues to ultimately reach the right answer. And it's going to be different every time. You know, for a more simple, short, simple contract like a confidentiality agreement, there may be a couple back and forths about who's this, who's this company and what's the business, what's the product we're going to make for them. Right. right. And who's exchanging information versus, again, we're buying a four million dollar machine that's going to take six months to build and shut us down for a month. Right. So it's all the same process, but the complexity changes. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned sort of the order and process for, for you, because and I think that it's definitely a product of being an in-house attorney, because when I look at how I help clients get to the right answer. It's this recognition that there's the right legal answer and then there's the right business answer. And the business answer takes into account what the right legal answer is, but there's other things that need to be looked at as well. And it is a process from an outside counsel's perspective. And it's often pretty interesting that you sort of described the legal aspects of it last Whereas I, as outside counsel, sort of look at what the right answer is from a legal perspective first. You know, it's just, it's interesting that you say that because even, even as I gave that answer, I wasn't really thinking about it in that way. But you're right. I instantly go to the business that's involved before I get to the law that's involved. And, and what's interesting is that I tend to go to the legal answer first because that's usually what clients and in-house counsel like you tend to look at your outside counsel for at the beginning, but then there's the counseling and the assisting of clients in the ultimate decision-making that I feel very honored to help them with and is often in, in some ways the most fun part of it. So there's getting the right, getting to the right legal answer, and then there's understanding what all the overlays are that are that are really setting up the dynamics of play. So, you know, it's knowing who the decision makers and influencers are. It's really understanding what the worst and best case scenarios are for the client. And again, understanding has the client made a similar decision in the past and being able to work through what those lessons learned are with the client to the extent they've had that experience. And then also understanding what the client's risk tolerance is understanding that depending on the circumstances, the risk tolerance of the client may shift. It may depend on the nature of the issue that's being looked at. And then you also have to figure out what the client's timeline is for making a decision. Um, You know, you never can make a perfect decision, but you have to understand what some of the key drivers are 
in terms of making the decision and the timeline is generally a critical factor. Yeah, I think those last two points you made are key. What is the what is the client's risk tolerance and what is the timeline for reaching a decision? And this goes back to you know, the importance of having the discussion in the first place and also the fact that we as lawyers may need to educate our client. They may not appreciate and they likely don't appreciate the uh, potential legal ramifications. I often get contracts. You know, in my business, we're usually dealing with our customer's template contract. And the typical way it works is, you know, the, the salesman sends me a contract, says, David, I, here's the contract from the customer. I've looked at it. It seems okay to me, but I, I need you to take a look at it. And I will instantly pull out three or four big issues. A lot of it starts with the warranty clause when it's written for a finished part and we're a raw material supplier. So then I will call that client back and say, well, let me just show you this clause. Let's talk about what does this mean? Okay. Mm -hmm. They've said we're warranting the design of the product, but we don't design the product. So I have to take that out of the warranty. And that's just, it's a simple issue. Um, but at some point in time, I have to educate my client that that is a real issue. Right. And, you know, again, over time, it's nice to when I work with the same salespeople over years, that's a boom, 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 we're done. Right. But it's a brand new salesman who just started and they've never heard of this. And they came from a company that just signed contracts without reading them, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. Um, and again, the timeline is always very interesting. Uh, and again, it's a matter of educating them because as lawyers, we want to have time to make a decision and to think about it and reflect upon it. But sometimes it's, hey, I need to sign this deal at five o'clock today. Right. Well, why didn't you ask me a week ago when it's been on your desk for a week? Well, it hasn't been on my desk for a week. I just got the opportunity yesterday. Okay. Here, you know, so you, you go through those mechanics and you you know those gymnastics and you figure out how to get to that decision great so our time together is almost up but i would like to finish up our first uh, segment of our interview by asking you to share some preliminary thoughts on the dichotomy between the right legal answer and the right business answer we touched upon it in Uh, when we were discussing the last question. And so I'm really interested to hear, you know, what that dichotomy means to you, especially as an in-house lawyer, where your responsibility is to really answer to the business. So that makes me think of one of my favorite things to say, which is businesses don't have legal problems. Businesses have business problems with legal issues, Mm -hmm. legal aspects. Um, And that is the essence of the dichotomy, right? Um, some issues have pure legal answers. Like for example, if you're a public company, there are certain things you have to disclose to the SEC. Right. Right. Um, I work for a privately owned company. We don't have to answer to the SEC. You know, sometimes it, it, it doesn't really come up in my world, thankfully, but you may say, no, that's illegal. Well, mm-hmm. Um, that just that's very rare that that happens. So the question then becomes, as we've been discussing for the last half hour, is figuring out what are the legal aspects of this business decision and reaching a goal. 
and and it's the balance of what's legally permissible versus what can what do we want to do as a business and it's what do we want to do as a business that is the primary goal so i have to figure out a way to get there and as a lawyer i don't just say no you can't do that right i'll say well here's an alternative you know going back to for me, you know an easy example for me is the warranty clause well let's talk about this the way that our customers written it is for finished goods we're raw material supplier. Let's explain it this way as to why we need this change and we can still get the contract done. Right. Well, that's a very good point. And, you know, just from a private practice perspective and sort of to help tee things up for the next episode and the last section and segment of our interview, as an outside counsel, for me, the right legal answer is really taking whatever the specific legal issue is that a client has asked me to take a look at and to fact gather and research that issue to reach the correct legal analysis in a vacuum. Obviously, from the very beginning, there are there's probably a business context that is at least quite a bit helpful to look at when you're trying to reach the strict legal answer. But oftentimes, there is a way to frame what the legal issue is without having the business really being part of what figuring out the right legal answer is. But the right business answer is much more holistic. It's the right legal answer and then also taking into consideration things such as the political and business influences and considerations, which includes looking at things like what the business is trying to achieve, um, the risk tolerance, as we as we discussed earlier, the various alternatives that are available to the business, um, the consequences to the business if the right answer is not reached. And that includes things not only regarding the, the actual business itself, but the PR issues that may flow from um, whatever consequences there are to the, the answer and the, and the decision that's reached. Yeah, all of those are in there. And I could dive into that, or maybe we save some of these for for the next conversation. Yeah, I think we should save them for the next conversation. Unfortunately, our time together for this first segment is up. Do you have any final thoughts for us before we sign off? And where can our listeners find you? Final thoughts on making a decision. Again, it comes down to to a conversation. And don't be afraid, for lawyers, don't be afraid to ask your clients questions. And don't be afraid to push back on them if you don't like the answer. And also, for the business people, don't be afraid to talk to your lawyer and don't be afraid to push back. That's one thing I always ask. my I invite my business clients to push back. If they don't agree with what I'm telling them or they don't like it, push back on me because that enhances the collaboration and the ability of reaching the best possible business answer that is legally appropriate. Um, where can people find me? They can find me on LinkedIn. Great. What about um, email? Email. And Twitter? I'm on Twitter. Most of my Twitter and LinkedIn activity, though, consists of uh, tweeting out and, and pushing out links to Paradigm Shift. Oh, thanks. And Inside Out, too. <laughs> and Inside Out. So what is your Twitter handle? At David Sussler. I think that's probably right. So, okay, well, thank you, David, for joining us, and we're looking forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it as well. 
And thank you all for joining us for this episode of Paradigm Shift. We hope that you've enjoyed our initial exploration of decision-making for lawyers. Please join us next time as we continue our discussion with David Sussler. I am your host, Christina Martini. Please look for our weekly episodes every Tuesday. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please visit us at www.paradigmshiftshow.com. We would love to hear from you. Please look for new episodes of Paradigm Shift every Tuesday.